The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org. This year, the Easter story, the Exodus story, seems so current. They had no idea where they were going, writes Victoria E. Safford in her retelling of the tale. No idea when they left that night in the dark, without lights, without shoes, without bread, their children smothered against them so they would make no noise. Does that call to mind some scene that's been playing before our eyes that we've been haunted by of late? The agony of our siblings in Ukraine fleeing children and all that's precious to them, all they can carry tucked under their arms and against their bosoms, as if it's protection. The Exodus story of the Hebrew scriptures of the Israelites, it wasn't about fleeing war, but it was about fleeing aggression. And there are so many elements of that story that resonate through the ages. In Ukraine, in Egypt, both. There was someone calling the people to their bravery, a president, a prophet. But like all people, the call to liberation and autonomy, to bravery, it starts anchored someplace deep within. It sometimes looks like a platonic ideal a divine instinct pressed into our being before we took on flesh and bone and breath. Or perhaps it's something handed down through the mysteries of evolution in, in our wild freedom and wholeness-seeking bodies and spirits coded and coiled in our DNA. But it's there. They had no idea what they were getting into, Safford wrote, and the journey guaranteed them nothing. It's an ancient story, it's a modern story, it's a human story. This struggle away from what binds and harms us towards anything but that, and especially toward the lure and promise of freedom, of autonomy, of more beloved belonging and a destiny that we can co-create more fully. So many brave, difficult acts, life and world-changing choices have been made by people out of such moments of choosing to risk on greater and more abundant life, haven't they? It's even possible that we are always in one or another of these moments of choice in our lives in waves big and collective and also small and private. A community that's starting to unbind itself from 
the false truths and teachings about race, about its nation's own history, and a community that begins to do all of the intimate work of choosing to be together in ways attentive to old patterns, toxic of thought and action built on unconscious bias, that's a journey to liberation. But also a couple choosing to give up blame and shame patterns they learned young and repeated with each other, giving them up to choose a love that honors feelings and needs and leans into moments of hurt with grace and a desire to find real healing together, that's also a journey to liberation. The first day of sobriety is such a journey. In our family, in our cities, in our nation, and in the quiet struggles of our own hearts, we are often in the process of leaving the known because it binds and does not surge, serve larger life, does not serve our heart's deepest yearnings. And some days, those choices do mean we walk away with very little clutched against us and no promises of how the journey will go. It's an Exodus story. Easter is a totally different story, and in so many ways, as the other that we revisit today. I always feel like we need to say a prayer of holding for whatever those sounds are calling people to. And yet Easter actually has this incredible overlap, this strange overlap to the Passover story as I sat with it this year. Of course, to understand Easter, one has to begin the journey the days before this Sunday in the story. Understood and told that way, it's a story of this man who had a vision of a world that was deep in abiding and compassionate relationship of people to one another, where we were the keepers of one another and all that that meant. Story of a man who names the carnage and ugliness that the myth of separateness has fueled in us and enabled in his time, widows and the poor and orphans and prisoners and lepers and women all diminished and ignored and left to gather the crumbs beneath the tables of the wealthy and the powerful. This man who questions anyone, even the highest priest, in the temple in Jerusalem and the kings, anyone who would use what privilege they have to consolidate selfish worldly power and use that power as power over rather than power with or power for. His was also a liberating message, was it not? 
His journey was also about choosing to move away from what binds and enslaves body and spirit, society and humanity for what heals and frees up for more abundant life together. Seas did not split for Jesus. Though they did offer fish up to his nets, and enough resistance under his feet to allow him to walk on them. And crowds split when he entered Jerusalem, palms tossed on the ground that met him like a rolling out of welcome reserved for royalty. And like with Moses and his people, Jesus and his followers took on the risk of stepping away from what was known into what was unknown, and like the Israelites, the Jesus followers heeded that voice within them, the commanding necessity they felt in their heart, in their gut, that gave them the courage to risk the leaving and bet on hope. It's such an old story, isn't it? And so consistently present, too. The casting aside of mere survival for the chance to thrive. Of safety for the chance to flourish. And that willingness to begin the journey without any guarantee, when not much is clear, but out of a loyalty to that deep knowing we have within us. Maybe sometimes because we know in our bones that to not do what we feel called to in this regard would be a kind of death, and we can't bear that. I've had moments like this, forks in the road of life that felt like this. I bet you've had them too. I know enough of your stories to know that you've had them. Big ones and maybe little ones, early practice moments. Did any of us as children, I think about it, leave a friendship that we didn't feel truly supported in to lean into a new friend group that looked more welcoming and joyful and loving? That risk, I bet, felt huge when we were little. Did any of us leave a job ever or a profession and pivot, maybe against the understanding and advice of mentors or parents, taking a big step back maybe in pay to try something new that we thought might be more fulfilling? Did any of us leave a faith community that we were raised in, perhaps, that told us that leaving them would put our souls at risk, but maybe did so because we thought God or spirit or what was at the heart of this world was bigger and grander and wiser and kinder and loved us more, maybe, than the faith of our childhood said was true? We risk 
in many ways, small and large, in a life that's learning to listen and to lean into and trust the voice of liberating and resurrecting spirit within us. Those moments feel scary almost always and involve real risk and sometimes big prices to pay. I think of all the asylum sinkers in our guardian group that we helped to support when they came to San Francisco, that had taken incredible risks to come out as GLBTQ in the nations of their birth, leaving the safety of a closeted life for the reality, the lived reality, more authentic of who they were, and then who had to risk ultimately coming to the United States again to find that love and belonging that they kept seeking against the odds and against what experience told them was possible. We know these journeys, sometimes long and hard ones. Again, Safford writes so aptly about the Exodus story. They went into the wilderness. They wandered for 40 years, which in those days was a lifetime. 40 was a good old age. So many of them died before getting anywhere. And many were born in the desert and grew to adulthood knowing nothing but the journey. Not slavery, not freedom, just the going. They whined and complained and muttered and some mutinied for they were a stiff-necked and rebellious people, you can read it for yourself, ungrateful people, even when manna rained down from heaven and quails were sent to feed them, unhappy people, longing, even loud, for the familiar security of Egypt, of all places, where at least they knew what to expect, as awful as it was. Impatient people making cheap little idols and gods of metal to bargain with in secret when the traveling got hard or merely dull and the days and years became monotonous. The Easter journey, too, is just as long and hard, I would argue. Easter Sunday is complicated and incomplete a victory in my understanding of it as it is was part of a long journey that began with loss and betrayal and the larger work was ongoing and still is. That Jesus would be with his followers, resurrected in spirit mostly. That he was here in a world of miracles and surprises was balm. But let's be clear. An empty tomb has a powerful finality and probably wasn't part of the journey to new life that anyone had expected, certainly not so soon. Which is to say that the journey to liberation and life abundant, I think the message is that it's never exactly as we imagined it which I think we know is true. You fall in love, 
and you take a liberated leap into marriage, which is hard work. You change careers, but this one also involves a bunch of hours grinding on some boring things. You get sober, you have to make a whole new community of friends and habits. Liberated from one binding reality, you and I inevitably come to see the challenges of our liberation. And then, sadly, there are always more binding realities waiting for us to unbind ourselves from them, right? So on goes this long and windy road of Passover and Easter journeys that we enter into in this life. And that's also part of the Eastern Passover message. I don't think it's one we sing a lot about on these days, but that part about how none of it plays out as we would exactly have hoped or imagined, how there is no happy ever after in life, no stick the landing moment in the religious journey. Even in the boldest and noblest of journeys, the work and the journey, it just always goes on. But despite this, we seem happy to revisit, needing to revisit the characters and the stories of these seasons each year, something Something makes us want to hold up these lives as mirrors for our own lives and choices. Why? Maybe because all of them, Moses and the Israelites and Jesus and the disciples, all of them stepped into life directed toward bigger life, following that compass. All of them stepped into the journey with the dangers at their backs, leaving security behind, clutching what they loved to their breasts, guided by some flame they chose to stoke rather than let it blow out, guided in the dark of what would face them by hope and determination and insistence that they had a right to demand fuller life of life, more joy, more freedom to be fully themselves, more equity and justice in their society, more centrality on certain values that too long had been pushed to the side altar more courage to name what they knew was true and then walk toward it as if it were possible because such risking is the only thing that ever made it possible. And so the larger message of these days, maybe just of this day, It isn't about happy endings or sure and easy journey and following any of the paths laid out for us. But simply a reminder to be in this journey. Pressing in all the ways we can for liberation from what binds and deforms us. Risking and reaching toward what sweeter shared life and love we can help make possible. And knowing that this journey of risk and uncertainty and complicated stories and complicated endings is precisely what has moved the good and the beautiful and the possible forward from antiquity until today.
so we can't take it personally. And we're called to step in. Safford closes, in the springtime, we remember the promised land is not a destination. It's a way of going. The land beyond the Jordan, that country of freedom and dignity and laughter, you carry it inside you all the while. It's planted in your mind and your heart already before you even start out, before it even occurs to you that in order to leave that life in Egypt, the intolerable bondage of that life, what you need to do is stand up and walk forward. Happy Passover, everyone. Happy Easter. And blessings to the bold, uncertain, heart-led, complicated, sacred journeys of our days. Amen. Oh,